Good morning. Our service of morning prayer begins on page three of the Book of Common Prayer. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is also of a contrite and humble spirit, revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Continuing on with page seven. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. In lieu of the Venite, Psalm 95, found on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. This morning's psalm is Psalm 145, which begins on page 520. I will magnify thee, O God, my King, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Every day will I give things unto thee, and praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and marvelous worthy to be praised. There is no end of his greatness. One generation shall praise thy works unto another, and declare thy power. As for me, I will be talking of thy worship, thy glory, thy praise, and wondrous works. So that men shall speak of the might of thy marvelous acts, and I will also tell of thy greatness. Memorial of thine abundant kindness shall be showed, and men shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, long-suffering, and of great goodness. The Lord loving unto every man, and his mercy is over all his works. All thy works praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints give thanks unto thee. They show the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power. That thy power, thy glory, and mightiness of thy kingdom might be known unto men. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Thy dominion endureth throughout all ages. The Lord upholdeth all such as fall, and lifteth up all those that are down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, O Lord, and thou givest them their 
it in due season. Thou openest thine hand and fillest all things living with plenteousness. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, yea, all such as call upon him faithfully. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will help them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but scattereth abroad all the ungodly. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh give thanks unto his holy name forever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st chapter of the first book of Samuel. Now David came to Nod, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David, and said to him, Why are you alone, and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has ordered me on some business, and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you, or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread, if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly women have been kept from us about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not there on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. And then David arose and fled that day from before Saul, and went to Asius the king of Gath. And the servants of Asius said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Now David took these words at heart, and was very much afraid of Asius king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Asius said to his servants, Look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Here ends the second lesson, or first lesson. Together the Benedictus S on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, 
praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 11th verse of the 17th chapter, the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now it happened as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face <clears throat> at his feet, giving him thanks. And when he and when and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Here ends the second lesson. Together the Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us. In the house of his servant David, his mouth of his which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us. Perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant. Perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all days of our life. Thou shalt call the prophet of the highest. Thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sin. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Unto the Son, Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, whose never-failing never providence ordereth all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly beseech thee to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things which are profitable for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults for enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. There's a pretty clear theme in this morning's reading about readings about gratitude, but I think these readings also point to the importance of humility, that is, our need to be appropriately grateful to God for all that he has done for us individually and for what he has done for all his people. First off, what do I mean by humility? Everyone agrees that humility is the act of being humble and that it's the opposite of pride, one of the seven cardinal virtues in opposition to the seven deadly sins. But after that, there are several nuances in how it's used and thus defined by various sources. Many would agree that synonyms for humble or humility would include being modest or unassuming. However, some definitions of humility identify it with self-abasement, although this may be more of an American definition. What does scripture say? Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. As Christians, we have a specific definition of what being humble means, having a right understanding of ourselves relative to God. Yes, we are poor, miserable sinners with a transient and flawed existence compared to the perfect knowledge and grace of our eternal creator. At the same time, we don't get to say that by our nature we are so much worse than other sinners. Such self-abasement is the opposite of humility that is actually a form of pride. But throughout the Bible, we see examples of both humble and not so humble behavior. As we continue through the first book of Samuel, we see it particularly in the contrast of the two men that Samuel told to anoint his king of Israel, Saul and David. In chapters 9 through 12 of 1 Samuel, Samuel anointed Saul and proclaimed him as God's choice. But things went downhill after that. We know that Saul is anxious, insecure, and tormented. Again on Friday, we heard not only that Saul wants to kill David, but is threatening to kill his own son Jonathan for his loyalty to his friend. Today, David, the al already the anointed king, is fleeing for his life to avoid Saul's wrath. Worse, we ha constantly have Saul proving that he does not respect the commands of God, 
is disobedient to God and thus is not sufficiently humble before God. Saul doesn't wait for what Samuel or God through Samuel promises to him. By offering his own sacrifice on the altar, he usurped the historic role of a priest established 400 years earlier in the Torah. And a week ago in this 15th chapter of 1 Samuel, Saul failed to deal with the Amalekites exactly as God told him to do, and so Samuel informed him that God had thus rejected Saul as king. Ultimately, Saul is ungrateful for God's decision to have him anointed as the first ever king over all of Israel. He was nobody when the prophet Samuel anointed him, but he soon forgot that. Today we would call him a narcissist. Rather than being humble, someone who admires himself more than those who do so something that should be familiar to us in contemporary politics. By contrast, the two greatest leaders of the Old Testament nation of Israel, Moses and David, are mostly obedient and suitably humble in repentance on those rare times when they fall short. They have a right understanding of themselves and how they are seen by God and also by their fellow man. In the New Testament, we have the account of Jesus healing the ten lepers along the border between Samaria and the Jewish territory of Galilee. This is a miracle that is only recorded in St. Luke's Gospel. We know that there are ten lepers, but only one is grateful enough to God to come back and thank Jesus for this life-changing miracle, thus expressing an understanding of how fortunate he is to be treated this way. Why didn't the others come back? We can only speculate. We know that the one man who comes back is clearly a Samaritan. The others might also be Samaritans, but Based on Jesus calling the man this foreigner, several commentators suggest that the other nine were Jews. If that is true, Jesus is reinforcing his point by holding out a Samaritan. Successors of the king rejected Jewish teaching and would have been shunned by Jesus' Jesus followers, Jewish followers. This comes after the parable of the Good Samaritan told earlier, also in Luke. Only in Luke. A similar point is made in John's Gospel when Jesus makes a new convert in the Samaritan woman at the well. Finally, let's look at Psalm 145. Today's reaction of the Samaritan should be quite familiar to the readers of the Old Testament. Um, as it said in Luke, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. This language is quite consistent with how the psalmist, particularly David, react to gifts from God by praising God for how great his powers are and how good he is to his people. That is the tone of this morning's psalm, Psalm 145. While not explicitly a psalm of David, as were the previous 41 psalms, the tone of gratitude and praise is consistent with the numerous psalms of David that address this theme. This is demonstrated by the first four verses that we heard this morning. I will magnify thee, O God, my King, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Every day will I give thanks unto thee and praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and marvelous worthy to be praised. There is no end to his greatness. One generation shall praise thy works unto another and declare thy power. Finally, I'd like to conclude with the colic for the 8th Sunday of Trinity, the last time, which today is the last time we will hear it this year. It begins with, O God, whose never-failing providence ordereth all things both in heaven and earth, praise clearly praising the greatness of God. It then concludes with language that makes explicit our humility, 
i.e. a right understanding of our relationship to God. We humbly beseech thee to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things which are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known other than thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. O Heavenly Father, who hast filled the world with beauty, open, we beseech thee, our eyes to behold thy gracious hand in all thy works, that rejoicing in thy whole creation, we may learn to serve thee with gladness, for the sake of him for, by whom all things were made, thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Greetings to you all from Beantown. Thank you to uh, Britt and Carl for making this morning's worship impossible. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Have a good Have day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.